You are listening to The Stender with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Knopf, please visit MikeKnopf.com. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. One of my favorite passages in the Mishnah is in Pirkei Avot, The Ethics of the Fathers, and it's a rabbi named Ben Bagbag. It's also maybe one of my favorite rabbis' names. As I'm thinking of names for my son, Adira, how, what do you think of Bagbag? Or Ben Bagbag? You're not, not crazy about it? Okay. So, um, <laughs> anyway, Ben Bagbag taught hafuchba v'hafuchba dekulaba. Turn it over and over for everything is in it. It, of course, what Ben Bagbag was talking about was Torah, was the Jewish tradition, was the oral tradition, rabbinic teachings. There is so much in the vast ocean of Judaism that you could turn it over and over and spend a whole lifetime in it and never encounter, never experience anything else and always be discovering new things. And it's true of you, of each of us, no matter what our uh, background or level or place is within the Jewish tradition or Jewish community, we all have things that we are continuously learning and invited to learn about Judaism, even rabbis. So one example of this is uh, over the course of Rosh Hashanah, um, I perpetually, as I often do, forget to add in some of the special insertions that we have for the High Holy Days. I don't know how many of you uh, are guilty of that same phenomenon as I am, but we have some things, we'll get to that in a second, what exactly they are, some things that we are uh, invited to add into our normal prayers or replace within our normal prayers for the High Holy Days, and almost invariably, like up until like the very end of Yom Kippur, I forget them all the time, right? And so, as I forgot one of them yesterday, uh, a couple of times on Rosh Hashanah, I thought to myself, you know, I need to learn a little bit more about this, because if I learn more about it, then I probably won't forget it again. And so I started investigating, and learned that uh, I learned a few surprising things about one insertion in particular, and it relates to other ones as well. Okay, so I'm going to walk us through a couple of things here, including what I learned about one particular insertion, and then try to bring it home with a, with a takeaway. Okay, so I asked you, uh, if you remember during Shacharit, to pay attention to some of the uh, differences and some of the insertions that we add over the course of the High Holy Days, and especially this Shacharit. Shabbat Shuva, the Shabbat between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, to our prayers. So who can point out, Ed, you don't get to, um, who, because we've been talking about this, uh, Chazan, you're also uh, um, uh, disqualified from this conversation for the moment. Okay, so who can uh, share with me some difference or some insertion that you found uh, for this Shabbat in the prayer service so far? Good, so uh, David said Hamelech. Where do you see Hamelech? We usually say Good, good. So in the Kedusha, that's a very important one. We're going to come back to that. So in the Kedusha, the third blessing of the Amida, we add in or we, we substitute instead of ending the blessing Baruch Atah Hashem Ha'el HaKadosh, which is what we usually do, which means blessed are you Adonai 
the holy God, or God who is holy, we now say on Rosh Hashanah through Yom Kippur, HaMelech HaKadosh, the holy king. Okay? So that's one. Good. Some others? Ah, good. Okay, so in the first blessing of the Amida, before we get to the actual blessing, which is uh, Baruch Atah Hashem Magain Avraham, we add in Zochreinu Lechaim, Melech Hafetz Bechaim, Vechotvenu Vesefer Hachaim, Lemancha Elohim Chaim. Right? Uh, re- um, uh, remember us for life, uh, the king who desires life, uh, and inscribe us or write us in the book of life uh, for your sake, God of life. We add that in um, the first blessing of the Amida. Good. So that's one. Any others? Good. So in the second blessing of the Amida, now you're seeing a pattern here because we have the first three blessings of the Amida, which essentially are always the same no matter what Amida you're praying. If you're praying weekday evening, weekday morning, weekday afternoon, Shabbat, um, Musaf, High Holidays, whatever, the basic blessings are always the same. You have Magen Avraham, Mechayeh HaMetim, and Ha'el HaKadosh. So in the second one now, Mechayeh HaMetim, you add in Micha Mocha Av HaRachamim Zocher Yitzurav L'Chaim B'Rachamim. Right, who is like you, master of compassion, remember your creations, remember your creations for life with compassion. Okay? Any others? Any other insertions that you noticed? Good. Okay. Double Le'ela. So if you look in the Kaddish, and you can find them in any Kaddish that we have on High Holidays from Rosh Hashanah through Yom Kippur, when we get to the uh, phrase Le'ela min kol birchata veshirata, we add in another Le'ela. Right? So now we say Le'ela, Le'ela, mi kol birchata veshirata, tushbechata v'nechamata da'amiran ba'alma v'imru, amen. Okay? So that's what we add in. Now, a couple, just one thing to point out about that before I translate that, you'll notice that in there, it doesn't only change, it doesn't only add the word le'ela, it changes the word min kol to mikol. Okay? Anybody know why? Anybody want to guess why? What's that? It's a, it is a contraction. Good. So it means the same thing to say min kol birchata v'shirata as it does to say mikol birchata v'shirata. So here's the reason. When you add in the word le'ela, it adds an additional word to the prayer. And some people thought that there was a special significance to the number of words that there were in the Kaddish. And so in order to add in a word, they had to take out a word. So they took out min kol and made it mi kol birchata. Okay, so normally that passage means le'ela mi kol birchata v'shirata tushvechata v'nechemata tamiran be'alma. Which means that God is above all blessings and songs and praises and worship that we can say in this world and then we say amen. 
And on the high holy days, we say, not only is God above all of our prayers and songs, but God is above and above all of our prayers and songs, really above. As uh, Neshama Karlbach sings, it's a Shlomo Karlbach song, higher and higher. Right? God is higher than higher of all of our prayers and songs. So why is it that we double up Le'ela on the high holidays? That's the question I wanted to ask because Le'ela, Le'ela was the one that I almost always forgot. Because if you, you have to, you, you blink and you miss it. Right? The other ones have a special tune, right? Or, uh, or there's like a little star next to it, right? A whole line saying, add this in, in bold letters, you know, stop here, flashing lights, stop here, add this in. Le'ela, Le'ela, you could just, if you blink, you miss it, you could just miss it. So that's the one I kept on missing. And I started to ask myself, why is it that we do this? Why is it that we add Le'ela? Because when you say God is higher than all songs and praise, it doesn't really seem to add much to say that God is super duper higher than all songs and praise. The other passages add a lot in terms of uh, the meaning and, and richness, right? So we add Zochreinu L'chaim, Melchafetz V'chaim, right? That actually adds a whole different idea into that prayer, right? Remember us for life. Now, there's a whole com- con- conversation in the uh, Jewish legal literature about whether or not it's okay to add those passages, Zochreinu L'chaim, Michamocha, Avrachamim, etc., in those prayers for the same reason that some people question whether or not you can add the matriarchs into that first blessing of the Amida, which, uh, which is that you're not supposed to ask for your own needs in those first three blessings or the last three blessings of the Amida. By the way, we missed one, one edition. Um, there's an, an, another, actually we missed two. We missed two. There's one, yeah, David? Good. In the penultimate blessing of the Amida, which means, uh, and you should uh, inscribe all of the people of your covenant uh, um, uh, for life. Right? And then there's one final one in the Amida, in the last blessing. That's my favorite one. Ah, okay. So now you're qualified. What do you want to, what, what, what is it? That's right. That's it. The Sefer Chaim Bracha V'Shalom Ufarnasa Tova Nizacher V'Nichatev Lefanecha Anachnu V'Chol Amcha Beit Yisrael L'Chaim Tovim Ul Shalom. Basically saying similar things that we said in uh, the beginning of the Mita as well. Right? Write us. Remember us compassionately for life. So what I discovered is that in the Jewish legal literature, there are really two categories for these insertions. One category are things like Zochreinu L'chaim, Micha Mocha Av Harachamim, Uchtov L'chaim Tovim Kol B'nei B'ritecha, and Uvesefer Chaim Bracha V'shalem. Those insertions before the blessings in the Amida. And then there's another category where we change the blessing itself. We change the blessing itself in the Kedusha, like David said, from Ha'el HaKadosh to HaMelech HaKadosh, and during the week, we, during the weekday Amida, which we will uh, uh, see if you're here for morning minion or afternoon minion, we change a prayer that says, HaMelech Ohev Tzedakah U which means the king who loves justice 
and, uh, and law to Hamelech Hamishpat, the king of justice. These are the two categories. The category that asks God to remember us compassionately and lovingly for life and to inscribe us in the book of life. And these are blessings that are inserted before the blessings of the Amida. And then the changes in the Amida itself that transform a blessing about God's nature, God's character from a holy God to a holy king. And from a king who loves justice and law to a king of justice. And it turns out that in the Jewish legal literature, Le'ela Le'ela, which does not have a very solid foundation in Jewish law, by the way, the other editions that we talked about are all at least as ancient as the Talmud. So the Talmud talks about adding these things in. Le'ela Le'ela is not in the Talmud. The first time I encountered it was a... Uh, 17th century commentator on the Shulchan Aruch, uh, which is the major, one of the major law codes, which is a, itself a 16th century law code, if I'm not mistaken. 16th century law code, 15th century? Anyway, uh, medieval law code called the Shulchan Aruch. Uh, and uh, one of the commentators on the Shulchan Aruch is a rabbi named the Magin Avraham. And he just basically states that you should add an additional Le'ela into every Kaddish during this time. And that law gets codified over the course of time, but it never really attains prominence. So in the 19th century, one of the major Ashkenazic legalists, known as the Chofetz Chaim, who also wrote a book called the Mishnah Brua, which is a law code, doesn't talk about it at all. Doesn't talk about this idea of adding in an additional le'ela. It's not. It's something that attained prominence in widespread use really very recently, it seems, in Jewish history because there are pretty late rabbis and authorities who don't talk about it at all. So it's something that we do, even though it is not a particularly ancient practice. So that's one thing I discovered about it. But the other thing I discovered about it is that the rabbis who do talk about it, including the modern ones, connect it to the changes that we make of the blessings in the Amida, from Ha'el HaKadosh to HaMelech HaKadosh, from HaMelech Ohev Tzedakah Mishpat to HaMelech HaMishpat. And why do we change those blessings, the rabbis say? Because on Rosh Hashanah and on Yom Kippur, God sits on the throne of judgment. And as God sits on the throne of judgment, the tradition teaches, God's role is exalted. God is higher in some way than God normally is when God sits on the throne of judgment. And so we say la'ela la'ela because God's role on the high holy days is higher, is superior to God's normal role. So that's an interesting thing when you think about it, and I want to unpack it in two ways. So what does it mean when we say that on the high holy days, God sits in judgment, and as God sits in judgment, that is a higher version, a higher form of God than we usually encounter God? I think two things. The first is the superiority of justice. Nothing is higher in the Jewish tradition than justice, than fairness, 
than equality. And as people who emulate God, or who are called to emulate God in this world, when we exalt God, when we say God is higher than higher on the high holidays, and because, and God is higher than higher only because God sits in judgment, God sits in justice, what we are saying is that the most supreme value we can possibly attain is justice in our world, in our lives, and in our society. And where there is injustice, there's no godliness. And so what we focus on and emphasize on the High Holy Days is this is the ideal. This is what we do. As I read before the Malchuyot, the kingship section of the service, Musaf service yesterday, we emphasize God's kingship and God's justice to hold it up as a mirror to our own society and say, we know what justice looks like and this is not what justice looks like. And so we are empowered and encouraged and invited during the year to pursue exactly that value as we learn in Deuteronomy, tzedek, tzedek, tirdov, justice, justice, you shall pursue. But there's a second reason, I think, why we say that God's role as judge is le'ela, le'ela, higher than higher. Because it's precisely on the high holy days, precisely when we're in this mode and in this mood of feeling judged ourselves, that we have the greatest tendency to judge others. It happens all the time. What's the first thought when you see somebody walking into synagogue? Hmm. I'm not really crazy about what they're wearing. Or, you know, they really don't show up here all that often, you know. Or, or did you hear about what they did to their house? Right? We are, yes. It's Lashon Hora, exactly, right? Lashon Hora is in some ways rooted in our judgment of other people. So this is what we do, and we are more vulnerable to this, I think, on the High Holy Days than any other time. And so we say, God as judge is Le'ela Le'ela, so high, because we can't judge people the way God judges people. We don't see people the way God sees people. And so judgment, justice is a human purview, but judgment is not. Judgment is above and beyond. Ju judgment is not in our domain. So Rabbi Israel Salanter, one of the uh, great leaders in the uh, 19th century of the Musar movement, said that most people worry about their own sustenance and other people's sins. But the righteous person worries about their own sins and other people's sustenance. And that, I think, is exactly what Le'ela Le'ela teaches. There's a big difference between worrying about our own sustenance and other people's sins and worrying about our own sins and other people's sustenance. Because what Le'ela Le'ela is teaching is that the mission of the High Holy Days is to inculcate in us a sense that we can judge ourselves and that we can enable God to judge us, but we must not judge others. And instead we should worry less about our own sustenance and more about theirs. So on these high holy days, it's precisely the time where we're sitting in Musaf and wondering, how, worrying about how hungry we are and also worrying about what other people are wearing and what time they came to shul. And we say la'ela la'ela to flip it, to worry about when we get to shul 
to worry about what we are doing in our hearts and in our souls, and to worry about the hunger of other people, and to work to eradicate it. Shana Tova.